0: 11, 17 to 27. It can be found on page 871 through 872 of the Church Bibles. Um, before we read, uh, let us pray. Where else can we go, Lord? Your Son has the words of eternal life, and He alone can raise us from the dead. Please, by Your Spirit, help Pastor Choi to rightfully divide and preach Your Word. And we also pray that your Spirit will quicken our hearts to respond rightly to it, that we might enjoy life to the full. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. John uh, John 11, verses 17 to 27. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, brother and sister. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemers. Amen. Well, our text today is likely to be a familiar account for most of us. It deals with a very difficult moment in lives of those who were very close to the Lord. The Lord often visits the house, the home of Martha, Mary, Lazarus, as he ministered in the area of Jerusalem. These three have developed a close and endearing relationship with Jesus. Although they were very close to the Lord, their lives were not free for heartache and despair. In fact, Lazarus had died suddenly while Jesus was away. To the death of a dear friend, Jesus would perform one of his greatest miracles while teaching eternal truth in the midst of this season of pain for the family. As we examine this passage, we will discover the Lord working in a miraculous way to meet an immediate need. But the greater lesson review is of eternal value and implications. Jesus has the ability to provide for our immediate needs. But he has also, uh, he also has the ability to secure our eternal destiny. Now, the background of the story was, Jesus received a message that his very good friend, Lazarus, was seriously ill, and it was requested that he come at once. However, instead of dropping everything and come, uh, coming to the rescue, Jesus waited two days before heading to Bethany, where Lazarus, Martha, and Mary live. Verse 14 tells us that Lazarus was dead before they departed to return to Bethany. According to verse 17, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in his tomb four days. The four days may be significant, There was a Jewish belief that the soul stayed near the grave for three days, hoping to be able to return to the body. But on the fourth day, decomposition sets in and the soul finally leaves the body. It will mean that a time had been reached when all hope was lost. However untrue this superstition may be, it was widely believed. The fact that Lazarus had been dead for four days instead of three left little doubt in Jewish minds that Lazarus' resurrection to life by Jesus was in fact an unmistakable miracle. There are times in our lives when it seems we have passed a point of no return. We assume our situation will never improve, and many even think that the Lord has chosen to do nothing for us. We will soon find out that Jesus is never too late. Even after four days following a situation as extreme as death, Now, many of the Jews who knew them came to Martha and Mary to comfort them and offer their condolences in verse 19. When Jesus finally got there, Martha said to him, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 21, Martha was upset That Jesus did not come right away when he needed, they needed him. Her remark expressed frustration and disappointment. She wondered why, why, why the Lord have delayed and not come as she requested. We have all felt the same way at points, some point in life. We have been faced with a difficult situation desperately needing the Lord's help, and yet he doesn't seem to respond in the time or manner we desire. No doubt we all have complained in situations about the Lord's response and timing. However, Martyr then added, But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Of him. Verse 22. Although Martha was grieving and struggling with her faith, she remained confident in the Lord. She knew Jesus had power with God and could secure whatever he desired. She was also confident of the truth of the resurrection, knowing that death was not final. For the believer, she remained confident in the Lord in the midst of her sorrow. Jesus comforted Martha and said, Your brother will arise again. Verse 23. To which Martha replied, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Verse 24. Martha assumed. Jesus was referring to the resurrection. Jesus' Jesus's words were meaningless attempts at consoling her like so many others have been doing. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Verses 25 and 26. Jesus revealed abounding hope even though death had come to their home. Death seemed final and brought great despair. But Martha stood in the presence of the one who had the power to provide resurrection life. Death was strong, but even it was unable to overcome the power of Christ. She had focused on an event that would transpire in the end times. But Jesus revealed that he was the resurrection. She didn't have to wait until then. She needed to focus on the Lord instead of anticipating a future event. What does it mean when Jesus said in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. It means Jesus came to be our power of resurrection and came to be our source of eternal life. Jesus literally came to take away the power of death. We tend to respond in very much the same way as martyr. We are settled and confident of the power of the resurrection in the future, but yet often fail to recognize that our Lord is the resurrection and life. We don't have to wait for something to transpire in the end. We can enjoy and rest in His grace and provisions today. Heaven will definitely assist our wildest dreams, but we can have abundant life today. Those who believe in Christ will not die in the age to come. They will have eternal life, the life of the age to come. Jesus rounded this off with a challenge to martyr, perhaps to us today. Do you believe this? Verse 26. His word about faith and life were not a philosophical expression to be argued. Rather, they were a saving truth to be received in faith and acted on. Jesus was not asking Martha if she believed in the doctrine of the resurrection. She had already said that she believed that the resurrection will occur at the end of time in verse 24. He was asking if she believed that he was the resurrection and if this truth could be appropriated now, right now. Martha responded in verse 27, Oh yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. She might not understand fully the implications of what Jesus had just said, but as far as she could, she accepted it. Mother professed faith in the one who provides eternal life. She confessed that she believed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, she had placed her faith and trust in Christ unto salvation, bringing eternal life. She brought up three points. Firstly, that Jesus is the Christ, that He is the Messiah of Jewish expectation. Secondly, that He is the Son of God. Thirdly, She spoke of Jesus as the one coming into the world that is the long-awaited deliverer, the one sent by God to accomplish his will perfectly. Now from verse 28 on, the scene shifts from Martha to her sister Mary. When Mary heard that Jesus had arrived, she went running to him. Those mourning with her thought that she was running to Lazarus' tomb to weep. But she was actually running to see Jesus. When she saw Jesus, she said the same thing to him that Martha had said. Oh Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 32. Verses 33 and 34 said, When Jesus saw her weeping, And the Jews who came with her also weeping. He was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Mary was wailing in grief, as were the Jews who had accomplished her, accompanied her. The sight of it caused Jesus' deep emotion and began to weep. Verse 35. Why did Jesus weep? Was it for Lazarus? No. Jesus knew that Lazarus was about to be raised from the dead. He knew that Lazarus, whether in life or death, was safe and would be with him forever. He wept for those who were mourning because he loved them and felt the pain of what his friends were going through. Death is a frightful thing. You can be certain that God entered into sympathy with you. When they arrived at the tomb, Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha protested, Lord, already there is a strange because he has been died, died, uh, dead for four days. Verse 39. Then Jesus responded, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Verse 40. Jesus firmly rejected the protest. He reminded Martha of his earlier words. What was about to happen would be a spectacular miracle, a display of the power of Jesus, an immeasurable gift to the sisters. Jesus stood before the cave and with all eyes on him, some of them were unbelieving and some were frankly hostile, hoping to see him fail. Jesus raised his eyes and heart to heaven and thank God for what he was sure God was going to give him. And he prayed, Father, I thank you for having heard me. Verse 41. Mm -hmm. When was it that he prayed for Lazarus? It was during the two days he delayed his coming. That was made more apparent because Jesus did not utter a prayer for Lazarus at the gravesite. Instead, his prayer was one of thanksgiving rather than requesting. He was thankful that the Father had heard This miracle was possible because he was in close communion with the Father. He prayed so that the people might believe that God had sent him. Remember, this whole incident was for the glory of God. Jesus prayed audibly to, to let the people know that what he was going to do was the will of the Father so that the Father would be Will get the glory. Jesus acted not on his own will, but in dependence on the Father to whom he addressed his prayer. Then Jesus shouted, "Lazarus, come out!" The dead man came out, his hand and feet bound with strips of cloths, and his face wrapped in cloth. And Jesus said to them, "Unbind him." and let him go. That's verses 43 and 44. Verse 45 tells us that many of the Jews who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. However, despite such a remarkable miracle that Jesus had performed, the religious authorities intensified Their plot to kill Jesus, verses 46 to 53, and even added Lazarus to their hit list. Look at John chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. It says, So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well. See, it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and will be believing in Jesus. Now, what are the implications and the challenges we can learn? A. Jesus is unique. John chapter 11 includes perhaps the most significant claim Jesus made about himself. John's Gospel records seven I am statements by Jesus. These are the decorations of his deity. In John chapter 11, Jesus declares that he is the resurrection and the life. He claims that you can have sure hope in the face of death because he conquered death and give people eternal life. No other leader of any major religion makes such a claim. I am The resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Verses 25 and 26. No one has ever spoke of resurrection in this manner. No one have ever said resurrection was a person. Resurrection was traditionally known as just an event which would happen in the future, which God would accomplish. Resurrection, being tied to a person, was a radical and a revolutionary thought. The resurrection of Lazarus teaches us is that Jesus had power over time, and power over death. Jesus is the ruler over all life. The only one who can give life. B, sure hope in Jesus. We have a sure hope because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is not saying that he will bring about the resurrection or that he will be the cause of the resurrection. Both statements are, are true and correct. But also something much stronger. Your resurrection from the dead and your eternal eternal life in the fellowship with the Father is so closely tied to Jesus that they can only be found in a relationship with Jesus. Repeatedly, the Bible proclaims That those who believe in Jesus will immediately possess eternal life. John chapter 8 verse 51 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever keeps my word will never see death. This mortal life is going to decline and die, but the life that Jesus gave will never die. Death brings an end to everything in this life, but the life that Jesus gives will continue beyond death. Death blocks out everything in life, but the life Jesus gave is so great that death releases us to a life of rewards and eternal joy. One more thing. The emphasis is that this eternal life can be experienced right now. You don't have to wait until after death to enter into eternal life Jesus is offering. The eternal life that Jesus offers us is closer than you think. You can live it now. See death. Jesus' proclamation brings out the great proof that physical death is not the important thing. Death may be thought of as, thought of as the end of the unbeliever, to the unbeliever. But so for those who believe in Christ. It's not so. They may die in the sense that they pass through the door we call physical death. But they will not die in, complete, in a complete sense. Death for them is a gateway to eternal life and fellowship with God. It means that the moment we put our trust in Jesus, we begin to experience that life of the age to come, which cannot be touched by death. Jesus is bringing matter a present gift, not simply a promise of a future good. Jesus does not mean that the believer will not die physically. Rather, he means that the believers will not die in the sense in which death has eternal significance. Those who believe in Christ may die, but death will not be the end. They will live again. In fact, those who believe in Christ will never die. They will merely change places of residence. To depart from these physical lives is to enter the glorious presence of the Lord for those who have received Christ as Saviour. D. In the midst of grief and sorrow, most of us have walked through valleys and faced great difficulties at some point in our lives. There will be times in life when it seems the Lord has failed to respond. We will face grief and sorrow. We will stand in a crossroad in life, unsure of which direction to take. This is definitely so for the member of Zizek in the last several months. Two things I would like to say to you. First, Jesus knows and feels the pain and suffering you are going through. He sees your tears and sorrow. As a matter of fact, he weeps together. With you. Secondly, we must be like martyrs and remain confident in the Lord, even when faced with great difficulties. If you are safe, you are secure in him. We face nothing that our Lord is unaware of or unable to handle. He loves us with an everlasting love, and has promised to never leave or forsake us. In your moment of doubts and despair, remain confident in the Lord, even when it appears that He is not near at that moment. Finally, Jesus can set you free. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. John chapter 8 verse 36. There are many things that hold us in the tomb. Some of us may be held captive by alcohol, drugs, sex, or other addictions. Some of us may be held captive by money, possessions, or other material trappings. Or maybe some of us are held captive by relationships, hurt, or painful memories. Perhaps some of us are held captive by fear, fear of the past, fear of the present, even fear of the future. But no matter what holds you in chains today, Jesus can set you free. Just as he set Lazarus free from death, free from the grave, and free from the trappings of the grave clothes, he can set you free. If the Son has set you free, you shall be free indeed. Do you believe this? If you do, he will make the impossible possible. What is your need today? As we draw to a close, may I invite you to close your eyes and pray in silence. Tell God about your needs, your struggles, your frustrations, your grief, your sorrow. Let's allow the Holy Spirit, the minister, to ask as we spend some time before him.